This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. Will AI ruin or help branding as we know it? That's one of the things that we're going to talk about on today's edition of Everyday AI, your daily live stream podcast and newsletter, helping everyday people like you and me, not just understand AI, but actually use it. Uh, We have a very uh, exciting guest for you today. So a founder and branding strategist, uh, Beatrice Goodconnect. Beatrice, thanks for joining us. Tell us a little bit about what you do in your company. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. And uh, yeah, so I am a Australian, half Swiss, half Portuguese <laughs> branding strategist. And yeah, so basically I help uh, founders of service-based businesses to get the eyes of the 95% of their audience that currently don't even know that they exist because Marketing and sales are focused on 5% that are ready to buy. Yes, yes. And also, thank you, Beatrice, because you're our first technical international guest. Everyone else has been here from the U.S. So, you oh, know, yeah. you're, you're holding it down for the rest of the world now for, for, for the Everyday AI Show. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> None at all. All right. So before we get a little bit into, uh, you know, what Beatrice is doing in the world of branding, we're first going to go through some of the big news headlines for today. We always like to keep you up to date here at Everyday AI with everything that's going on because there's a ton. Uh, so let's start here. Uh, a couple pieces from OpenAI. As you know, ChatGPT is kind of the tool or the uh, the child of the parent company, OpenAI. So their CEO, Sam Altman, testified before Congress yesterday, uh, kind of all over the place, but talking about, you know, concerns about misuse of the technology. You know, he did say that AI could cause significant harm to the world and agreed that AI should be regulated, but also saying it should be by regulated by an outside company. Um, and then another piece from, uh, you know, Sam Altman and OpenAI, uh, as we can just group it all here together. So at a recent conference, he talked um, via live stream at MIT and said that GPT-5 was not in training, um, at least not for six months. So a lot going on in the OpenAI chat GPT space. Uh, Beatrice, where do you think this is heading just in general with, with, with OpenAI and chat GPT? I, I think there is so much more growth and, you know, so much that has been talked about in the past. And, you know, there there's a lot of overlay with, you know, people being concerned about their jobs. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's the case because, you know, we we have the emotions, we have the complexity that doesn't matter how many years it's going to be, they, they won't have it. That's true. Yes. At least for now, humans are the only ones with true emotions. Um, so that's good. Uh, so speaking, <laughs> speaking, you know, Beatrice, you kind of, you know, talked about it there, just people worried about AI taking over their jobs. Our next kind of news piece. So CNET, um, you know, obviously a very popular uh, media company, uh, their their staff uh, talked about unionizing partially because of AI. So, you know, similar to BuzzFeed, which which cut its whole new staff a couple months ago and they started using AI. And as we talked about on the show yesterday, human readers are actually spending more time on BuzzFeed's AI content than they were on AI or, or, or sorry, um, 
they're spending more time on content created by AI than they were reading uh, by content created by humans. So, you know, now CNET is seeing some of these things and the staff want to create a union and they want to say like, hey, we need editorial independence. And we also want to weigh in, um, you know, on CNET's usage of AI tools. So, you know, this signals, Beatrice, I think, to media companies um, really paying attention to how good AI is at curating and, you know, summarizing news. So, I mean, what's what's your thought on on that piece? Honestly, first off, you mentioned CNET and I think Terminator. <laughs> I I don't have the the you know because you know, I was born in Australia, spent the last ten years in Southeast Asia. CNET's not been a big thing, so mm-hmm. my brain automatically goes to that. But it is a very interesting point. There there will have to be some kind of balance between. Um, AI and what's going on with the people because you know of course there's going to be people with the emotional side and the ideation and that'll lead the the AI so either way I'm I'm sticking to my guns here that you still need the people they yeah. can't be without Makes sense. Um, and just as a reminder, so we already have a couple comments coming in. If you want to ask something to uh, of Beatrice or myself, so uh, Usama, thank you for your comment. Samantha, uh, you know, Derek just said it will be known as branding soon. Uh, branding spelled AI. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So if you're watching live, feel free to drop a comment. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast or the newsletter, uh, make sure to tune in um, every week uh, or sorry, every weekday. 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Um, so so with that, uh, Beatrice, let's just talk about branding, right? So, you know, this, this there's the new entrepreneur report, um, you know, talking about the impact of branding, um, you, you know, specifically with AI and, and how, how actually easy it makes it to start a brand. That doesn't mean that you can use AI to make a good brand, but at least it gets you started. So, I mean, talk a little bit about even just your experience so far with AI in branding, is it good? Is it bad? Is it too early? Like, what are your thoughts? I think for branding wise, it is far too early. Sure, there's a lot of, you know, programs out there. Hey, let me do your logo, etc. But A, those logos are all over the place because they're, they use different parts from what already exists. So there's not really that originality and the logos aren't really the brand you know these days the brand is more of that human side that internal that strategy where you know you're talking about what is your why what are your values that's that's not something that ai can really do for you mm-hmm. great yeah. it can help you with like you know content but yeah. No. Great. So, uh, Leanne with a comment. Thank you, Leanne. Just asking a little bit more about the entrepreneur report. Thank you. I kind of skipped into that cause I was so excited to get Beatrice's thoughts. So yeah, the new entrepreneur report, just talking about how it's easier than ever to start a brand, you know, because AI can assist you with content creation, curation, social media management, audience targeting, all those things. But then Beatrice, I think that there's also, you know, if you rely too much on AI, right. If, if you're not doing this, you know, like someone like yourself, if, you know, there's a risk of just losing 
your voice. You know, if if you're not putting your own voice out there and just taking everything from AI, it's not really a, a brand, is it? I quite. Yeah, I mean, that's that is a very good reason why the comments that people use that are from ChatGPT or the posts that people use that are from ChatGPT are so obvious. It's, it just lacks that human quality that we're just like, okay, this is just an AI comment going, why, you know, there's no human side to it. And it's yeah. very obvious to people and it's a detraction. People aren't drawn to that. Mm. So do you think that maybe the overuse of AI, maybe with um, by people that aren't professional branders, do you think it actually might help? People like you or companies like yours uh, stick out a little bit more when you can put, you know, your own face and your own voice out there and maybe it'll stick out a little bit more in a sea of what seems like, you know, AI generated content. Oh, yeah. So definitely. I mean, that's the main reason why badassery and what I put out does stand out because the ideas that I have are just crazy ideas when I'm like in the shower or just as like I'm about to sleep and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to talk about anti-heroes now or tattoos. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what, but so far, you know, I do think for um, everyone, there is a place for AI, right? Um, what do you think yeah. at least for for you or brands that you work with? What are kind of the areas where you say, hey, this is somewhere that I feel good about using AI without compromising on the brand's values? I think once you do have that base, that internal brand, that base strategy, you can use those terms. So say, for example, if you pick out a certain value be it edginess or, and you, you link it with the topic that you're trying to talk about and put that into AI, be it for images or for content, you can use that to develop quality content that I'm not saying necessarily just take it from that program and paste it. I'm saying use that to create something to build on your existing ideas, to create more options for content. Thank yeah, you, and, Wendy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Wolf Wolf here on LinkedIn had a great uh, point. And I think we can turn this into a question here, you know, saying, speaking from the point of view of someone using AI actively, he agrees that there's a limit to the usage. So where do you see that limit, Beatrice? And, and, and then also, how can, how do you advise clients or how might you advise people watching or listening on where do you draw the line on, you know, getting something from, you know, a chat GPT or, you know, an mm -hmm. image generation program like Midjourney. where do you draw the line between something that AI creates and then, you know, putting it out in the world and trying to develop that relationship um, as a brand? Well, I think a lot of the content, like a lot of the content that you can get from chat GPT, you do need to cross check or fact check rather. At, as to what is the real deal, because again, you know, it's it's up to twenty twenty one, right? So exactly, time wise, it's not current, and 
depending on how you write your instruction in there, it might come out in a way that's not really true. So I think, yes, while you get that information, it's important to cross-check what is um, really factual. And I think that's a main thing, be it with text or be it with the graphics. I know a lot of people have been talking about the graphic graphic side of things that AI has stolen parts of their graphics. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, mid journey as an example, Dolly, you know, those are two popular Mm. AI image generation. And then there's a big gap. Like I think those two in terms of quality are fantastic and, you know, Brands can can definitely use pieces of that, but they are Beatrice, like you said, they're they're trained on actual works of art, and there's been instances where you know the the AI accidentally includes watermarks or signatures from the original artist that these were used by. So, I mean, even with that, like, what yeah. what has to happen um, before brands or, or companies can start relying? on specifically the, the the image side or or will they never yeah i that much i'm not sure as to mm-hmm. the potential of ai i know there's a lot of potential there's so much growth like you, you think about even the ability for us to have this you know this video chat 10 20 years ago it's something that we wouldn't have imagined to, to have that international communication that easy. So imagine 20 years from now, there's, there's a lot of things which I think aren't necessarily what we think possible, but will probably be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Wendy, you just brought up a great point. Like if, if you're just using, you know, content without doing what you said, Beatrice, fact checking, you can look dumb, yeah. right? Like if you accidentally post something and you're saying this is from our brand and it has a little watermark or it's clearly just been copied from somewhere else you're gonna fall on your face and look dumb that's the thing and i have been trying to put that in more so recently on linkedin because i know there isn't the restrictions just yet on the content like you know the images that you use the etc to credit where you got it from i think that's that's important to show that hey look we're not perfect you know we can't create everything so you know give credit where it's due it shows that you're human yeah and and you know that's that's a fantastic point you know sharing credit you know obviously google this week at their io conference they said in the future for their image uh, generation they're going to watermark you know things that were made by ai so you know people or brands can't pass that off um but i i I do want to follow up beatrice with something that you said you know, you you mentioned, hey, the fact that we're having um, a live video talk right now uh, between continents where everyone can watch, you know, wasn't even a possibility in most people's mind 10 or 20 years ago. So where do you see? So I'm not asking you to look into your crystal ball, but, uh, you know, as as a, a branding expert, if you did look into the crystal ball, whether it's related to AI or not, where do you see branding heading, whether it's brand identity or brand strategy, where are we going to be looking at in the coming years? I think it's going to get a hell of a lot more personal. We're already shifting away from the idea of logos, the ideas of like, hey, this is the, the logo, this is the business, this is what you expect from that. It's going to become 
more about the people that are behind those logos, be it the founder, the director, board of directors, is going to be about them and what their values are and how they act. You know, you even have a look at, say, for example, Gen Z. They're, they're, the way that they're looking at businesses is based on what are their corporate CSR, what, what are their corporate social responsibility, what are they doing for that, what are they doing for the world, and they are judging, they are making their choices upon which company to go with based on that, based on how social the founders are being, how public they are being, and how honest they're being with how they're going about their business. You know, the people that are being successful on LinkedIn at the moment, there's a lot of them are sharing their personal journey. They're sharing their hardships and that's going to become even bigger. It's going to go back to the original thing of when we used to walk around the markets way back, like, I don't know, in the 17, 1800s, we would go to the stalls based on other people's recommendations from a friend, from a family member, is going to go back to that because there's just so much technology out there. Yeah. So I like that thought, you know, almost where um, I think of it kind of like records coming back in style, right? Like, like in the, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, you know, that, that was the only piece of media it went away for a long time. And then it, you know, obviously experienced a resurgence. So you're almost saying that maybe we as humans are going to get uh, just drowned with, with, with so much content and, and maybe that we feel it's AI or we feel it's impersonal that eventually we're going to go back to just wanting to talk with and to humans. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. There are, we're, we're spending all of our time on phones, on laptops, and it's it's messing with us. It's messing with our memory. It's messing with our social side. Like I think I saw somebody's post or a couple of people's post today where they're talking about the effect of being on LinkedIn so much or being remote because of COVID, et cetera. They're working at home and it's affect their social side. And they didn't even recognize it until it was like too late and they're in a social situation and they're like, oh my God, I, I don't know how to deal with this anymore. They're, they're having like anxiety. Mm. Yeah. So how would you, whether it's in your official role, you know, with, with, with your company or just personally, how would you advise, you know, whether it's solopreneurs working on mm. a side hustle or maybe, you know, marketing directors or, you know, vice presidents of a bigger company, what are some actionable steps that people can start to take now to get to that point of really building those human relationships. Because I think right now with this AI wave, it's getting more and more impersonal and just getting data. So how would you advise people to kind of get back to the human basics um, in in building that, that part of a brand? I think that we should really focus on that internal branding. So the internal branding as in really define and get clear on what their why is, what their values are, what their mission, their vision, and not just use them as like, hey, this is a placeholder. Actually use them in their business and within the team. You know, 
between employees actually have that, yes, we feel the exact same way, whether it be inwards or outwards. Same thing as, you know, say, for example, Salesforce. They have that Ohana culture, which you go to their office and all their office names are based on those Hawaiian family names and the way that they talk to each other. It is in that Ohana family style. What you show internally should be externally as well. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, even going down to the the words that we use internally um, yeah. can still give us, you know, even for a huge company like Salesforce, it can still make that company human. Um, but it starts internally, right? Like, you know, if if you are part of a big team and if you do want to, you know, ha- have a brand strategy or a brand identity that you are working human to human to help humans evolve, I think it has to start eternal, uh, in- internally. So that's that's a great point. Um, exactly. We are, and- we did go a little bit over, Beatrice. I'm so sorry. Thank you. But do you have any any last thoughts, any last tips, any last pieces of advice, whether it has to do with AI or not? I know uh, there's a lot of people popping in, you know, questions and comments. But you know, what's kind of your takeaway with with how the everyday person can use AI or not use AI? But how can they just help build their brand? Step away from the big words. Step away from like anything that makes you feel like you know you're you're saying it in a way to say to be smart mm. be human use use the language that you would use in a normal conversation like this and use that in your communications because that's what people want to see and yes go go ahead and use you know ai but do not rely on it. Use it to like base off your ideas, springboard your ideas so that they're even bigger and then go back and fact check it. Yeah, that's that's such such a great point. Um, Beatrice, thank you so much for coming on the Everyday AI Show. Appreciate all your, you. all your insights, stories. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jordan. All right. So just as we wrap up, as a reminder, please go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We are giving away a year of premium chat GPT, uh, which we'll talk about in the newsletter. And we're also going to have a lot of uh, follow-up conversations in the newsletter from the, um, you know, all the things that Beatrice and I were talking about, you know, we, we talked about some different resources. Uh, it's all going to be in there. So uh, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. We hope to see you back tomorrow and every day with Everyday AI. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.